I'm speaking today uh, on the Church of the Living God, Pastor, uh, Pastor Francis. Okay, Pastor Francis, Elder Francis. <laughs> he did a good job last week and continue in that same line, but the Church of the Living God. As you believe what God says about his church, and listen to this, and act on it, I believe that we'll see great manifestations of the glory of God in our generation than any before. Why is that so? Because the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is drawing near and has drawn near. And there are many souls of men that need to be swept into the kingdom of God. I'm talking of being swept into the kingdom of God. How about your relatives? How about your brothers who are not born again? How about your parents who are not born again? God wants them to be swept into the kingdom of God. And he's given you a promise to save you and your household. So keep that in front of you and just believe God for that. The church of Christ is made up of born again believers. It's not just attending church. You have to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 3, that you must be born again. Thank God for attending church. It's wonderful. But the best decision one has to make is to be born again. A Christian, one who's called a Christian, is a born again Christian. It's not the name. It's not the baptism name. I was born in 1973, and I think I saw there's a baptism, uh, uh, baptism, quote-unquote, baptism certificate of 1974. I wasn't born again. I was a sinner. They dipped their fingers on water and put a cross on my head, but I was a sinner boy. And much later manifested more and more as the more I knew of how to do evil or to know good from evil, I chose evil. I wasn't born again. But I got born again on 17th June, 1996. That's when I made that decision for Jesus Christ to come into my heart. So it's not about the church attendance. First one has to believe, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, confessing the Lord Jesus Christ and accepting him as his Savior and Lord in his or our life. In John chapter 20, John 20, uh, verse 20, 22, it says, when he... Jesus, that's after having been raised from the dead, uh, like what Brother Francis was saying, having even entered into the room. They believed those who had seen, but of course Thomas hadn't believed. But when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then his, the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. I like that. That's a big word right there, but that's not my emphasis this morning. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So after he had said that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, we see something similar. In Genesis 2 verse 7, and the Lord God formed man on man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Now I want you to see something and I want you to lay hold of this. The whole creation began with the breath of God the Father as we have seen Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Now the new creation 
begins with the breath of God the Son. You see that? The breath of God the Father, we see that in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the scripture that we read. But now, it's the breath of God the Father to the man that he had created, you know, an image that he had created actually before him, a form that he had created before him. But in John chapter 20 verse 22 that we have read, we see that the new creation beginning with the breath of God the Son. And I do believe this. In that John chapter 20, and I can prove from the scriptures, that's when the people of the first believers or the disciples, they were born again. Right there. Why is that so? And maybe you may say that, receive the Holy Spirit. I, I thought like they received the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, what happens in Acts chapter 1, in verse 4. So he breathed into them, and they were born again. And then, in, in, in chapter, chapter, chapter 1, verse 4 of Acts, he says, And being assembled together with them, he, command, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from him, for truly, you've heard from me, for, truly, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, even after having breathed into them, he told them, wait for the promise of the Father. So I want you to see something of the, the distinctive purpose of the outpouring of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 was to empower the church for ministry. The other one, in John chapter 2, chapter 20, he breathed into them. That's when they were born again. Why is that so? Uh, and, and sometimes believers don't uh, understand this, that disciples of Jesus Christ, when Jesus was here on this earth, they are not born again. Why is that so? Jesus is the first born from the dead. In other words, he's the first man to be born again. But he breathed life into them and they were born again. So that was for the born again so to speak regeneration experience but in Acts chapter 2 is uh, the purpose of the outpouring of the spirit was to empower the church for ministry, witness and service to fulfill her mission to the world. So thank God for salvation but there is another experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit for empowerment, to be a witness, to be the, the, for church, for, for, the, for ministry and for service and to fulfill our mission as the body of Christ on this earth to the world. Boldness comes in when there is that empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So then the church cannot be effective without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Well, as you see, you hear many, you know, discussions about this, saying that, you know, the thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is past. No, it hasn't. Oh, yeah, but, you know, I think people no longer baptize with the Holy Ghost to the evidence of speaking other tongues. Why is that so? I am. Is anyone else who is born again and spirit-filled, tongue-talking, glory to God, demon-chasing? <laughs> we are. 
So listen to this. So the salvation is a walk of power. Salvation is a walk of power. The true church is full of power. Remember, he says this, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the true church is, a, is of power, full of power. Unfortunately, the church has been thought of being a religion. Christian religion is of a man. God has no religion. God has his people, his children. Hallelujah. Born again people. I get a mess when they say, yeah, among other religions, Christians among other religions. We're in religion. We're born again people. We are children of God. Glory be to God. God indwells in us. There is no comparison with religion. This is the power of God that has brought us into the kingdom of God. And the church is a power-filled body of Christ on earth. That's who we are. We are not religion. Hallelujah. Church has authority. Listen, she, I'll call the church she because it's the bride of Christ. She began with great influence to the world then in the book of Acts. Therefore, as we are close to the second coming of the head of the church, Jesus, the church influence, the church influence must be felt in this present world. I'm speaking to you so that faith can come and that you may be stirred up. It's not just attending church, people. It's about influence. You cannot afford to be left out or to be religious. We are born again. We are born again. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, we are known as the general assembly and church of the first born, who are registered in heaven. Hallelujah. The church, the great assembly, and the church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven. That's who we are. How do you know if you're new die, if you go to heaven? Because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> it tells me when I leave this earth, I'll go to heaven. In fact, I don't think I'll die. I'll be alive. I'll leave the body. I leave this earthly residence, but I'll be in heaven. When I leave, I leave this earth. In Matthew chapter 16, 18 to 19. Matthew 16, 18 to 19. Uh, it says this, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, this is Jesus saying, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. This is authority, church. This is authority and power. To the church to influence the affairs of this world. That's exactly what it is. We want influence. But listen, as you concentrate on the word of God, what the word of God says and this is what I'm going to emphasize and act on God's word. It's not enough to hear. It's the doers of the word of God. It's those who are acting on the word of God. That he says this, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. This is where the rubber meets the road. 
You know, I remember when in, in the month of August, you know, shouting over here, praise God, give me this mountain. Oh, glory to God, you are going to the mountain. On and on and on and on. But I'm telling you, it got, it got to the fifth day and the sixth day. You start, the fifth day, you start realizing this is where now the rubber meets the road. You keep your confession strong. When it's so difficult, when your body doesn't feel like moving, when the oxygen levels are low, when everything that you have believed on doesn't look like it's going to come to pass, when you have told the whole church that you are going to the mountain and glory be to God, you are going and you are pastor. <laughs> and the body says, no, I don't feel like we are going to do this. Listen to this church. That's when you put in your faith. You have been engaging it, but listen, the power of it, you start praising God. You start glorifying the Lord. You start shouting hallelujah and hallelujah and keep making those steps of faith. I'm telling you, wonderful praises on this in, in church on Sundays. But do you know when the rubber meets the road? When you're out there. When you're out there. When it doesn't look like there's a breakthrough. When that, it looks like the devils have been released and they want to destroy you. That's when you need to look at the devil and you say, I know whom I have believed. You do all your best. You release all your best. But the word of God and the, the chief commander says this, the guests of your head is shall not prevail. And I'm a member of the body of Christ. So I'm telling you, devil, you belong where you belong, under my feet. And all my needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. This is authority. We cannot have great impact to the seven mountains of influence without first realizing what is available to us as a church. We have to realize that. If we are going to influence the world, if you are going to influence the, the places that you go to, your marketplace, your area, wherever you, you're working, wherever God has called you to be, then we must realize what God has made available to us. And this is to you as an individual member of the body of Christ, wherever you are, six days a week. Have you noticed nowadays, even in a week, mostly you're spending maybe less than two hours in church? And then what about the rest of the six plus days, six and a half days or plus more, where you are out there? How's your influence? That's why we've been called to know that, that there is power available. We need to lay hold of the power of God available in us, in you, and let him make great impact through us wherever we go. Church, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, uh, having influence to the seven, uh, I mean, having impact to the seven mountains of influence in realizing that we have power within us. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, again, in verse, from the Amplified Classic Bible, it says this, but you shall receive power. And listen to what that word is, ability. Ability. Say, I have ability. Have ability. Efficiency. Efficiency. And might. And he says, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So you're thinking about Power, which the Amplified Classic says, ability, efficiency, and might. 
listen to this church, and you know I'm a, I'm a strong believer of praying in tongues, you know, speaking in the supernatural language. I'm a strong believer of that. And I do much more pray in tongues. Much of my praying is in tongues. But listen to this. When you reduce the Holy Spirit to just praying in other tongues, we are missing out what is available for, for, to, to us from God the Father through the third person of the Trinity. If we just reduce him to the for praying in tongues, and that's all what we think, when we think of the, of the Holy Ghost, it's just praying in tongues, we've just reduced that, the, the, the third person of the Trinity, to just that. The amazing thing, this person, the third person of the Trinity indwells us. He lives in you. Listen, this is God. This is God. This is the maker of heaven and earth. This is the one who parted the Red Sea. This is the great I am. This is the creator of heavens and earth. This is the one who raised his son from the dead through the same spirit that indwells us. This is God. Church, you cannot think of a biblical God without thinking of his power. You can't. He's all-powerful. Hallelujah. He's all-powerful. He is a mighty God. How can, you ever have a, how can you ever have a defeated church or weak children? No, never. No, never. You know, if you touch the, the, the daughter of uh, Mr. Uhuru, because he's the president, you'll know that that man has power. Huh? You know, he has machinery. Or the system <laughs> behind him. And you know what? If, if, uh, maybe it will be there, they will deal with the top police, police force, is the one that are going to deal with you, or higher than that, or GSU, the Red Beret. <laughs> and then they'll ask you questions like, Una adabu, una shika mtoto wa raisi. You know, the way they, they put some accent. In, in, in showing you that you do not know what you're doing, why would you touch the daughter of the president? I'm talking about power that lasts for just some few years, 2022 and on that. But I'm talking of the eternal power. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the mighty God. I'm talking of the one who says, as many as received him, gave you power to become the children of God. That's the one I'm talking about. And that's the one I'm talking about. He lives in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. You ought to know he lives in you. You ought to know there is power residing inside of you. You ought to know that power needs to be activated. So that, can I say something? And then you forgive me. So that you start walking around as if you are fatherless. And begging in your prayers. Now you have the one living inside of you. Listen, he cannot have, listen, he doesn't have deformed children. He has children just like him. The new creation is not a de deformed creation. It's just like God. It's just like the risen Savior. They are new species, born of the Spirit himself. God 
the father. Listen, that's a lie from the devil to think of a weak, child, a weak, weak child of God, none ever. The church of the living God is not weak and sick. So stop accepting weakness and failure. Resist that. There are things in our lives that we have to stop, to stop them and don't continue, stop accepting the status quo and say, I resist the will of the enemy. I'm born of God. A weak army is a defeated army. And therefore the church is not weak. She belongs to God and no one can ever defeat God. Church, that's you. You are a member of this body. You are a member of the body of Christ. That is why you need to face life from God's perspective and not from your perspective. Whatever you are facing now, you need to bring in the God factor. Let me show you a scripture over here, which Brother Francis read a little bit last year. Let's go to First Samuel chapter 17, verse 25. Start talking to you about that, bringing in the God factor. Bringing in God's perspective, not your perspective. We all know the story of uh, David and Goliath. And how these men actually are not fighting. They are hiding in caves. They are not fighting. They are in the lockdown. Go hiding. And then listen to this. So, so in verse 25, of course, David has gone there. It's a divine setup. David has gone there. And this is Goliath. And then verse 25 says this. Uh, so the men of Israel said, listen to this. The men of Israel said, mark that. I want you to, to, to get something out of this. Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely... He has come to defy Israel. Mark that statement. Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter and give, him, give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. So mark those words. So the men of Israel said, and then surely he has come up to defy Israel. Okay? You see that? You know, I don't want to shout, shout and then you go back and say, what was the pastor talking about? No, he shouted. What about the church of the living God? How was it powerful? What did he say? I just don't know. But I want you to go with this. Surely he has come up to defy Israel. But look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26, the next scripture. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel. Listen to the next statement. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The others looked at it right there as the one who has come to defy Israel. David looks bigger. He starts looking at the covenant. He says, this is not just Israel. This is not just about men being here. This is about the living God. This is the army. These are not just men who are gathered here. That man has no covenant. 
This is uncircumcised. Remember, circumcision signified covenant. And Abraham was instructed by God to covenant his, uh, to, to, to circumcise his children. But listen to this. He's looking at, at Goliath and he said, that man has no covenant with God. The one that is defying is not just Israel. He's defying God. I pray the church will start looking at ourselves that way. I'm not talking about you going to an office of someone and say, do you know who I am? But if the Lord impresses you to do so, do so. Do so. You can treat me this way. You know who I am? I don't know. You should know who I am. You should know people. <laughs> you should know people. There's some people you have to tell them you should know people. And listen, you're not just dealing with man. You're dealing with God in this situation. I remember some years ago, I said individual, I had to, to tell them that he was a big shot. I said, this situation, you're not dealing with man. You are dealing with God. And this is what God says concerning this situation. So this, David looked at it from God's perspective, not from man's perspective. God's perspective is unlimited. Man's perspective is limited. You start looking at yourself. You need to have that fresh uh, image of who you are. You are a child of God. You are the church of the member of the, the body of Christ. Therefore, you are of the living God. Can I say something here? You are not just a human being. That's usually the problem, even as believers. We are just human beings. No, we aren't. We aren't. We're not just human beings. We're born again people. We were just human beings when we were going to hell, but we are now born again. We are children of God. I am born of this flesh, but I'm not just a human being. I am also born again as a child of God, of the most high God. So David defeated the enemy. David looked at him and said he has come to defy not just men, but an army of the living God. Church, we are of the living God. Therefore, we ought to stand in his name and do exploits. We ought to stand in his name and do exploits. You always have to pay attention to the source of power, the Father. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to endure us. He's the spirit of power. Listen, he's the living God. He is not dead. That you have to remind yourself over and over again. Let me show you some scriptures. I hope I have some time here to show you some scriptures that you can build your faith in and tap into that power source that is already inside of you. Let's go to 2 Samuel 22. <clears throat> Second Samuel 22, in verse 32. It says this, For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power. God is my strength and power, and he makes my way 
perfect. Say, God is my strength and power. And he makes my way perfect. I like this one in verse 34. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. That's why a spirit-filled believer ought to be jogging. Oh, sorry. sorry. Or running. (laughs) He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war. Listen to this. So that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. The supernatural ability. That is a man of the old covenant speaking that way. How much more of the better covenant of which you belong. And the spirit of God indwells in us 24 hours. He says this, my, my arms can bend a bow of bronze. In other words, I'm able to do exploits. Why is that so? God is my strength and power. First Chronicles chapter 29, 11 and 12. I like saying it in this manner. If the woman who actually prayed for me and had not gone to, to see her to get saved, but if she didn't have the power of God operating in her, I could never, uh, God would have worked, but that day I know I could not have been born again. Because she didn't speak to me once, she demonstrated power. She cast out devils out of me. So actually, I saw the power of God in operation, and that changed my life. But five day, days later, I was impacted by the love of God because I had God speak to me for the first time. Do you know what will bring out this generation to, to salvation? When believers, all of us, we can demonstrate that power of God wherever we go. And start realizing this power is within us. It's not out there. It's not about more power. It's activating that which is already in us. In First Chronicles 29, 11, 12, You are so, Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory. Listen to this. The victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is, it is to make great and to give strength to all. If you come with this service feeling so weak, there is your strength. He gives strength to all. But listen, he's, you know, like the, 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 what we call Lord's Prayer of yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. In Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. I remember he gave this to me as a Rema word, and I took it as a Rema word as we are going to Mount Kilimanjaro. That Isaiah 40 from 29, I think 29 to 30 or 31. But he gives, he gives power to the weak. So when I was feeling like a weakness, I kept saying that. I kept just thinking of that and meditating on that. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because God, you give power to the weak. So you'll never, if you are living scripturally, you'll never say I'm weak. Because the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. 
You may say, you know, I'm feeling weak. That's on my part, but the word of God says, let the weak say I'm strong, and I do believe I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. You're calling those things that be not as though they are, and you start experiencing that strength. Let us look at some of the things that contributed to the children of Israel's not inheriting the promised land. Of course, you know it was because of their unbelief. But I want us to look at some scriptures here. Let's go to Psalm 78. Psalm, Psalm 78, verse 41 to 42. Listen to this and pay attention to this. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Could it be there is a place that you are limiting God? Or could it be a place in your life that you are limiting God? Can I tell you when you know you are limiting God, God, why are you? Why are you God? Why are you when this happened? That's exactly what it means. You are limiting him. God, they limited the whole one of Israel. Listen to verse 42, and I want you to pay attention to that. They did not remember his power. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Oh, that was bad. Church, we know what happened with the, with the, with the children of Israel. There are no people like them that have ever seen those signs, wonders, and miracles of what God did uh, in, in actually destroying that nation of Egypt. Then, and they were delivered with a mighty hand, the, the word of God says. But it didn't take long after that they went to the wilderness. They, they complained, they tempted God, and they limited the whole of one of Israel because they did not remember his power the day when he redeemed from, from the enemy. So this is one way of activating the power of God. Listen to this. One way is this. Remember his power. Remember his power. You must always remember the power of God. You must be conscious of him in you. He's on you and in you. You receive the, the power, the power, we receive power and the Holy Spirit came up upon you, then you have to be conscious of him. Do you know what? No wonder Holy Communion actually is to remember. It's to remember. If we do it right, then we activate that power within us. You say this, take it this is my body broken for you. Do this in what? In remembrance of me. What does that mean? His body. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That has been dead to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. So when we are looking at that, we are partaking of that. And we, have conscious, we are conscious of our healer, what is happening there. We're remembering his power. He healed us. He's delivered us. Just like he delivered the children of Israel with his power. Listen, this is a better covenant. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated the grave. And he says this, I want you to remember that. 
I want you to pay attention to that. I don't want you to pay attention to sickness. I don't want you to pay attention to diseases. Listen, what is that which is impossible with God? I want you to remember of the redeeming power. It activates that. You receive your healing right there. And he says this also uh, of the cup. This cup is the blood of the new covenant yeah, is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Remember the blood of which you have been bought with. There's power in the blood, people. There's power in the blood. You have to have your mind fixed on your redemption. We were no people. We had no covenant with God. We were lost. We were on our, on our way to hell. But God, through his mercy and through his grace, he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness, the grip of the enemy, to the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Listen, you might be facing a situation that seems to be impossible, but remember your redemption. Remember your redemption. The devil cannot threaten you now that you are dying. You won't die. Listen, even if you've been given few days to live, refuse that. Remember his power. They did not remember his power. For us, we choose to do this, to remember his power that delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and made us Brand new creations. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. <laughs> you tell the devil, oh my good Lord, who has delivered me, he's delivering me again. That's the same attitude David had. He delivered me from the bear. He delivered me from the, the lion. Who is this? A circumcised Philistine. This, this is what he was doing. I remember that power which delivered me from the bear. I remember this, that power which delivered me from the lion. It's the same power that is delivering me from this uncircumcised Philistine. That is remembering his power. What is the first thing the devil wants you and I to do when crisis comes in? To look at the crisis, look at it from our perspective. We are not called to, our, to look to face life difficulties from our perspective. We're supposed to be saying this. We are members of the, the church of the living God. And God and us are the majority. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm telling you, you'll have bigger chest right there. And you become taller. Right inside of you. And muscles grow bigger. And what, you, what will happen? Your arms can bend above bronze. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's aggression in the spirit realm. That's the reality in the spirit realm. That is explosion of power that is within you. Remember. Don't forget that. First you activate by doing what? Remember his power. Secondly, speak of his power. Speak of his power. Remember his power? Speak of his power. 
Hallelujah. That's why I want you to have your faith strong that we are in the month of November. Glory to God, next month is Christmas. Believe me or not, this morning I prayed some few Christmas songs. Because I start praying on first, first, uh, first November. You know, tell me last night, wait a little bit. I say, wait for what? Christmas is here. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, don't walk around in fear. Don't walk around in fear. That does not mean Brother Francis has already given you the scripture for that in, in Romans chapter, chapter 13, verse 1. That does not mean that you walk carelessly. But don't go walk around in fear. Of fear of this and fear of this and fear of this. Be, resist any kind of fear. Speak of his power. Psalm 145, 10, 13. 10 to 13. Psalm 105, 10 to 13. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak. Mark that word. They shall speak. Of the glory of your kingdom. And what is the next one? And what? Talk of his power. Talk of your power. Talk about it. Amen. Talk about it. Instead of talking of the second wave and the second wave and the second wave and the second wave and the second wave. That's all what natural people are talking about. Talk of his power. Talk of your redemption. Talk of the blood. Talk of your deliverance. Talk of the greater one who lives in you, who's greater than he who lives in the world. Talk about his power. Talk of your, his power to make known to the sons of men, listen to this, his mighty acts. And the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Hoo-hoo-hoo! Hallelujah! Speak of his power. Talk of his power. Over and over and over again. I like looking at books like of John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth. And just look at those testimonies. And listen to Kenneth E. Hagin of those, some, those testimonies. They do something inside of you. Talk of his power. Amen. Talk of his power. That's your victory. And then in Acts chapter, let me show you, uh, speak of his power. Acts chapter 2, verse 7 to 8, and then verse 11. It says this, uh, during the, on the day of the Pentecost, and verse 7 says this, Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we are born? Cretans, verse 11, and Arabs, we hear them speaking, mark that word, speaking in our, in our own tongues, the what? The wonderful works of God. What are they speaking? What are those wonderful works of God? Is, 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 remember, speak of the glory of your kingdom, speak of, speak of talk of his, his power. The wonderful works of God is from a Greek word, which means conspicuous. What they are speaking of? conspicuous works of God. They're speaking of magnificent. They're speaking of splendid, majestic, sublime, grand, beautiful, excellent, favorable. 
Let me say it again. Conspicuous, magnificent, splendid, majestic, sublime, grand, beautiful, excellent, favorable. So listen to this. You speak of the glory of his kingdom. You speak with understanding. You speak also in other tongues. You're speaking of the splendid works of God. The majestic, sublime, grand, beautiful, excellent, favorable. So the first one is what? What are you supposed to, how are you supposed to activate it? The first one is? Remember his power. Secondly, speak or talk of his power. Then thirdly, sing of his power. Sing of his power. In Psalm 21 verse 13, it says, Be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. We will sing and praise your power. We sing and praise your power. And Psalm 59, 16 to 17, it says, can you say part, part A of it, verse 16, let's say it together. But I will sing of your power. Say it again, please. But I will sing of your power. And then he says this, yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. To you, O oh, my strength, I will sing praises. For God is my defense, my God of mercy. You sing of his power. Hallelujah. So you have new songs now coming up in, your, in the morning. He says, in, you, uh, and sing aloud of your mass in the morning. So do it. Sing it in the morning. Sing it in understanding. Sing it in the spirit. When things don't look like they're working. Uh, you know, you've, I think you've ever heard Ron Kenoli say that when he was growing up, they were very poor. And then he says this, but mama always had a song. And then she'll sing songs like Amazing Grace. And then she says, I was what? Wretched. And of course, there were boys, small boys. They didn't know what a wretch was. So they are, they'll ask, are you a wretch, mama? And then, and then uh, of course, mama, that's what Ron Kennel says. Mama, mama says, shut up, boy, and sing. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I am free. So what do you do? You sing of his power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's never changed. That's what happened to the children of Israel. I wish they continued that way. When they were delivered, when they, the, the Lord parted that Red Sea and they went to the other side, Moses had a song. Miriam had a song. But a few days later, they were, they were complaining about bitter water. I wish they kept that song all through. You're waxing great. I'm waxing great. I'm waxing great. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll speak that supernatural increase every day, even that first, first of December. I will dance and shout 
I t I'm telling you the truth concerning the supernatural increase. Because I've experienced some things personally, and I know in this ministry, things that we've never experienced before of the goodness of the Lord. We were looking at, some, some few weeks ago, we were looking at the amount of money that we have given during this, this year out in supporting of other ministries and, and, and individuals. And looking at it, especially having to think of it from the month of March to the month, you know, to the time that we are in. And looking at it of millions of money. I'm talking about millions of Kenya shillings that went out. Now, I know you don't sit in the finance meetings, uh, meetings of this ministry, so you may not know what that is. But that is faith released in that seed sown. So you are tithing this church, you give in this church. Listen, every single coin that comes in into this ministry, every bit of it, 10%, we set it aside as tithe. We are tithing ministry. And then 10% of that is seed. We have to sow into others. And then 10% of that goes to the savings account that we do every time any money comes in. So look at this. Every single coin that has ever been sown from this ministry to other ministries, to the outreaches, we just sold our first fruit offerings, the Feast of Tabernacle, first fruit offerings to help some aspects of the children of, of uh, the nation of Israel, ministries that are reaching out to Israel, bringing back the Jews back to their homeland. We've done that. There's like uh, Larry Hack Ministries doing Project Alia, bringing in Jews from different nations of the world back to, 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 to Israel, their land. Listen, if you are so, you sowed your first fruit offering, you are partake of that blessing. You are blessing the Jewish people. You're blessing lives. So you can't keep quiet. Sing of his power and expect his power to come in and meet your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We just don't take it and receive it and say, this is all ours. No, we saw. First Corinthians 4.20 For the kingdom of God is not in word, but is in power. Where is that kingdom? The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God within you is not in word, but in power. So don't forget that. Remember his power. First one. Come on. Remember his power. Secondly, speak of his power. Thirdly, activate that. Activate that wherever you go. You know that you're church of the living God. And we are going further to, to see how can we be more impactful out there? If we have that power flowing out of us, the amazing thing, this body's become stronger and be healed and stronger than ever before. Disease cannot penetrate where the power of God is present. Amen. And not just thought, but activated. Listen, challenges, things will come, church. But the greater one lives in us. Things will happen that don't seem like ever, anything is going to, good is going to come out of them. But if we can only believe God, if we can only set our faith 
on, on God's word, we realize that the power is available. Let me read some scriptures. You can write them down uh, quickly and then go start in your own time. But in 1 Corinthians 1.18, from the Passion Translation says, uh, to preach the message of the cross seems like she announces to those who are on their way to destruction. But to us who are on our way to salvation, it's the mighty power of God released within us. And then 1 Corinthians, 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.24, the Amplified Classic, uh, says this, But to those who are called, whether Jew or Greek or Gentile, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Where is Christ? Christ in us, the hope of glory, is the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what you've been given. In Revelation 5.12.13, talking about the, 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 the voice, them singing, uh, about the greatness of, of God. In verse 12 it says this. They were saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive what? Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So they were singing. They were singing about his power. And every creature which is in heaven. No wonder they experiencing what they experience in heaven, in heaven. And every creature which is in heaven and under the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all who are in them, I had, I had saying, blessing and honor and glory and power to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And in Revelation 19, 1, he says this after these things, I had a, low, a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. What are they saying? Singing. The singing of his power. The proclaiming of his power. This is your victory, church. This is our victory over the enemy. I want you to remember his power. I want you to speak of his power. I want you to sing of his power. And I'm telling you, you will see how it ends in 20, 2020 and how you get into 2021. And you look back and say, the Egyptians that you've ever seen, you'll see them no more. Hallelujah. Did you receive something out of this? Please stand up on your feet. I'm looking, out, I'm looking forward to the three hours church time. Amen, that can expound some more. But you already have some substance and that you can activate and go right that way as the church of the living God, wherever you've been called. Wherever you've been called. Listen, as a believer, there ought to be signs, wonders happening in your life, in your workplaces, wherever you are called. This is the work of the, the, the ministry, the fivefold ministers, is to teach the word, to equip the church. For what? So that you can go out and do the work of the ministry. Amen. Just lift up your hands, please, before Brother Francis comes up. Father, thank you for your living word. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in the hearts of your people. Father, you say, so shall 
your word be that goes forth from your mouth. It shall not return to you void, but it shall accomplish what you please. And you shall prosper in the thing for which you sent it. I release faith in this words, uh, the word of God that I've spoken upon your people. To the weak, I speak strength. I speak strength. I speak strength in the name of Jesus because you give power to the weak. You say, let the weak say, I'm strong. Father, thank you for the activation of that power within your people's lives. We remember that you are great and mighty God. We remember and speak of your power that residing in us Christ in us, the power of God, the hope of glory indwelling us, the same spirit that raised up your son from the dead quickening these mortal bodies. Father, thank you for quickening, giving life, removing every kind of sickness and disease, removing every kind of infirmity I bind the spirit of infirmity, I bind in the name of Jesus and I cast you out of God's people's lives. Let's release the power of God. Father, thank you for new songs. New songs. New heavenly songs. In the hearts and mouths of your people, singing of your power, singing of your greatness. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Father, I speak your blessing upon your people even as you've begun this new month. I activate faith. You say your people shall dwell in peaceful habitations. I speak the blessing of God. I take authority over fear. Fear you have no place in the hearts of God's people. For they have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I speak peace, shalom, upon the lives of the people of God. In every place, Father, they go, I'm asking you for the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. In righteousness, you are established. You are far from oppression. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you I'm so thankful, Father, and grateful to you for your goodness and speak the blood over the homesteads of people that you have called into this church, every single one of them, Father, everyone even watching, and they don't know even where to go to church. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Thank you, Father, for your goodness in Jesus' name.